One of the most progressive spaces where experiments are starting to happen is the venture into the human-robot bond, which means we're going to start bonding with these things, right? It's a natural progression. And humanoid robots are going to start taking on jobs in testing scenarios, full baristas, bartending, companions, caretakers, teachers, office support, and even acting in a movie. You're going to see this happen in a city near you. You think you love your technology now. Just wait. (laughs) I mean, just wait. Hey, TDW Tribe. Welcome to TDW Trends. I'm Nate Thompson. And I'm Alex Schwartz. And we are your hosts. We listen to your feedback and launch this new spinoff series dedicated to giving you quick insights on the key trends, disrupting the workplace, and reinventing the future of work. Whether you're a business leader navigating the new landscape, a professional trying to stay competitive, a side hustler, or a student, this podcast will deliver valuable insights, inspiration, and the edge you need. To ensure you don't miss any of our key content, find us on disruptedwork.com, where you can subscribe to our channels, access resources, discover solutions, and get in touch. Let's dive in. Welcome TDW fans to our latest trends episode, AI Robots Run Wild. To ensure you don't miss TDW trends or any of our top voices in the future work, please subscribe wherever you listen and also to our YouTube channel. Now, last April, we launched an episode called Your Next Colleague Might Be a Robot. It's been almost a year and the advancements and investments in robotics has been staggering, largely driven by the explosion of generative AI. Yes, and today we're going to give you an update on some of the most mind-blowing AI-powered robots entering the AI robotics era. Now, Nate and I spent countless hours, and I do mean countless, countless. <laughs> researching the broader implications, cherry-picking the most interesting examples, and unpacking the data behind these disruptions and broader social experiments. So I want to set the frame today. Amazon has over 750,000 robots working collaboratively in their workforce with employees hand in hand, and they just introduced two additional robotic solutions in October. Now, keep in mind, back in 2013, Amazon had 10,000 robots. So that's a 75x increase in robots working at Amazon in just 10 years. Now, their chief technologist for robotics, Ty Brady, said, quote, it's not humans against machines, it's humans and machines working together to do the task, and we are pioneering that movement. Now, let's take a snapshot of where this market is. So the global artificial intelligence robots market was valued at $13 billion this year in 2023 and projected to reach $78 billion by 2030, growing at a compound annual growth rate of 29.2%. Now, of course, Industrial robots and automotive, manufacturing and warehouses will continue. But what we are exploring today is a preview to a world and workforce of sophisticated humanoid robots working, walking, sensing, and being in relationship with us. So in other words, if a robot vacuum blows your mind, you have not seen anything yet. Now, Nate, I want to talk about humanoid robots for a sec. I want to contextualize this for our audience. So how are we defining this, right? So a humanoid robot resembles the human body, head, torso, arms, hands, legs, feet, 
And it's designed to interact with us in our environment and to function in a safe, friendly way so we won't think it's the Terminator and freak out. Nate, what are your thoughts on humanoid robots? Yes, on the we don't want to freak out piece. My take is the last few years have changed things a lot. Prior to that, it was clunky and clumsy, very limited. But over the last three years, there have been many times where I've sent you videos and said, what the heck? Look at this. And it's that kind of goosebumps moment where you're watching a robot do something that you just could never imagine before. It's not just the running up and down stairs, backflips, dancing, and that sort of thing. It's starting to look more human, like human looking eyes, facial expressions, and fluid movements. Now, throw generative AI into that pot, and it's easy to see how in just a couple of years, it's going to be a big part of our future. Alex, what about you? Listen, I can say I'm in awe. I want to talk about this through the lens of movies. I'm a huge movie fan. I love sci-fi films, sci-fi shows. Team Star Wars, by the way. Sorry to the Trekkies. I hope I didn't offend anyone. But I will give you guys the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. Those were actually kind of good. But anyways, in Star Wars terms, humanoid robots today are at or just beyond the C-3PO level, right? They're walking a bit stiff. They're responding intelligently, but the voice isn't quite right. And the other spectrum of this would be the self-aware robot humans in HBO's Westworld or the replicants that you see in the Blade Runner movies. Now, that seems a little bit further off to me, but it's probably closer than most people think. And I'm guessing it's probably about 10 years away. But the key thing for me is that seeing what was something that you watched in a theater or from your couch become reality even with the exposure and immersion that you and I have in this space, I still feel some fear about this because the change is so massive and my brain just wants to push it away, right? It's just like mm. there's resistance there. And, you know, as a dad, I'm also wondering, you know, what the heck is this going to do to our kids? I have the same concerns. Uh, there's a lot of excitement for the kind of way it's going to make life easier. But at the same time, I'm thinking about, okay, well, how could this go wrong? Intended or unintended, how could this go wrong? And there's something weird about this idea of an observer just hanging out in your home. I mean, this has got to create a whole new level of, of uh, privacy issues and concerns. But what I will say about me is I'm an early adopter. I've always been an early adopter. So I can see a day where I'm checking this out. Now, let's bring this back to the present, though. Let's talk about the progress that's been made in this space in the last year. So the typical things have continued, right? We've seen a lot of improvements in core infrastructure, power, batteries, processing, actuators, motors, high-speed connectivity, cloud services, and that's all normal and it's critical to the function of robotics. On the AI front, most people know that um, OpenAI launched ChatGPT in November of 2022. What many people may not know is that the intersection of generative AI and robotics is already taking shape. It's being embedded into robotics now. And generative AI is trained on human knowledge, which makes it feel very familiar. It makes us, uh, uh, gives us the ability to interact in an increasingly familiar way. It dynamically learns from the data and human interactions. It's remarkably fast, conversational, creative, and fluid. And this is the tipping point that we couldn't get to before right? It's starting to happen now. So the most advanced robots are essentially using what we would call a growth mindset. 
The technical description of this or explanation of this is that they're using supervised and unsupervised learning techniques, which allows them to collect sensor data from thousands of parameters in microseconds and turn that into learning from failure and mistakes. This, again, is another huge step forward. All right. So for anyone who didn't understand Nate's really nerdy explanation, <laughs> I want to break this down in practical <laughs> terms. What does this mean in, in, in simple language? It means a robot can now watch a human being and learn and mimic activities that the human is doing. Something like holding and delivering something fragile, opening a bottle, flipping a pancake. Okay. And we do have to give a nerdy big TDW shout out to Laurel Pinto, who is the computer science researcher at NYU, has been leading some of the most innovative breakthroughs in teaching robots to learn more like we do. Laurel, thank you. And uh, amazing work. So anyway, who's leading the way, right? That's what everybody wants to know. Who's leading the way? Who's at the forefront? So based on our research and what we've seen, Amica designed by Engineered Arts, is the most advanced humanoid robot in the world and the platform to beat for the next generation of robot-human interaction. And they've designed this genderless humanoid robot, but the voice actually is pretty distinctly female. And I think the gray face was smart. It's smart because it doesn't have to look like any race or color. It's just neutral as part of that neutral gender. Super smart, super, super smart. Now, Amica is AI-enabled. That includes generative AI. So this means it's trained on human knowledge and it generates content dynamically. So it can answer complex questions like, what will life look like on Earth 100 years from now? Which is actually a question that Amica was asked and did answer. But what makes Amica different in perhaps the most critical way is this intense focus on human-like facial expressions fluid body movement, conversational interactions. I'm talking about blinking and winking, human-looking eyes, eye-tracking, furrowed eyebrows, shoulder shrugs, head nods, lip movements, smiles with teeth, high cheekbones, vocal intonation. Right, the head roll, Alex. There's a, a video of Amica where she rolls her eyes while she's tilting her head back. She, I'm talking like it's a woman. It looked really natural and real. So we've watched a lot of Amica footage and interviews, right? But what stopped me in my tracks was a video, and this is where Amica sees its reflection for the very first time. And I think everyone has to go watch this. We're going to put the video link in the show notes because it's hard to do this justice, but you're watching Amica see itself for the first time. And there's an expression of awe. And I want to be, I want to be really careful here, but there was a level of humanness and self-awareness that was uncanny surprise, amazement, delight, and dare I say, even a little bit of horror in observing its reflection. This full spectrum of what most of us would consider believable human emotion in a way that we as humans understand emotion and expression. This is all in about 10 seconds. I will never forget it as long as I live. It was crazy. Mm. So that is a natural way for us to talk about the elephant in the room, which is the difference between a robot with a growth mindset and a robot that is sentient. Alex, what is that difference to you? Yeah. I mean, a growth mindset is something that we've talked a lot about on this show, right? And according to Carol Dweck, we always reference who wrote 
one of the best books on this topic, she says, quote, in a growth mindset, people believe that their most basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. Brains and talent are just the starting point. So what does that mean in, 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 in more practical terms that people with a growth mindset aren't afraid to try regardless of mistake or failure? And that's how we've overcome challenges, and learned and advanced as a society again and again and again. So what we're saying is that the more advanced AI-powered robots are now adopting this way of learning. Being sentient, that's, that's a tough one. I would say it means being conscious and capable of having a self-aware sensory experience as a living entity. So I agree with that. Today, we have sophisticated technologies that mimic the human experience, that do their best to mimic us. And as we get better, it feels shockingly close to being human, but it's not. It's not sentient, right? And, and all you have to do is watch any of these videos and you can see moments where you're like, yeah, that's, that's not, <laughs> it's not there yet. But this training will continue. So let's ask the next big question of, will there be a day? where advanced technologies become sentient. There's a lot of conversation about this happening in the media. I think that AI is going to keep getting better. It becomes so familiar that it becomes part of a new way of being. I think this will make certain aspects of the workplace unrecognizable to the way that it used to be for previous generations. I think it's going to change that much where someone from a previous generation, if they could just walk into the workplace, would be like, whoa, this is, I don't even understand what's happening here. But as far as being alive, I currently do not see that next step taking place. I think it becomes more and more familiar. It becomes uncanny, but I don't see it becoming alive yet. I concur. Have you, have you seen Leonardo DiCaprio in the movie Catch Me If You Can? He has no clue what anybody's talking about. And he just is like, I concur. That, that's my response. I feel like I just lost high school debate team. I, I love what you said. So let's talk about what is next for Amica based on everything that we've shared, right? So we think that in the next year or two, Amica is going to be able to learn and dynamically adjust for personal preferences be able to sense and respond to human emotions, learn your typical patterns and needs, including making your favorite cup of coffee just how you like it. I am such a coffee snob, and I love that. I'm very excited for that coffee perfection future from a robot. And you know, it's easy to see how a sophisticated humanoid robot like this has countless use cases for both personal and professional use. I mean, it's just kind of mind-blowing all the directions yeah. this could go. Kind of seems limitless. One of the most progressive spaces where experiments are starting to happen is the venture into the human-robot bond. I will say that again because it sounds very foreign. The human-robot bond, which means we're going to start bonding with these things, right? It's a natural progression. And the cultural differences will also be a big barrier. So starting to use these robots and experiences in different countries to see that different cultural experience. And humanoid robots, robots are going to start taking on jobs in testing scenarios, full baristas, bartending, companions, caretakers, teachers, office support, and even acting in a movie. You're going to see this happen in a city near you. I, I think that human-robot bond point is so interesting because the way I think about it is like, man, 
you think you love your technology now, just wait. <laughs> I mean, just wait. And this question about how are these interactions going to take place, this is something that actually engineered arts is, is focused on, right? They are actually doing thoughtful research on how to introduce Amica in social situations and observe how it learns, how humans respond and interact with it. And all of this data is being used to improve these experiences. And this is super important and necessary research to do and something I think most robotic companies must be doing. Yeah. In fact, a lot of them are Boston Dynamics is putting their robot dog spot on college campuses, which that's a big step forward. It used to just be in warehouses. Now it's in STEM programs on college campuses. Hanson Robotics, which also created Sophia, which we talked about last year, had two humanoid robots attend an NFL game in September as part of a promotion for an upcoming movie called The Creator, which by the way, I haven't seen yet. I need to watch that. But this was real humanoid robotics sitting in the stands of an NFL game with fans all around, right? This is fascinating. And Dictador, a modern luxury lifestyle brand, has maybe taken it further than anybody else when they announced that Mika is the world's first ever humanoid robot CEO. Um, mm, <laughs> yeah, hashtag yeah. too soon. <laughs> Way uh, too soon. Not so much. Yeah. So is Amika the only super advanced humanoid robot? No. In fact, there are a lot of organizations racing to this space. Other humanoid robots that are super advanced are Atlas, Pepper, Erica, Asimo, Neo, THR3, and iCub. And each has a different focus. They're working on different functionality and features, but I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see some interesting collaborations and even acquisitions. Yeah. And no robot discussion is ever complete without Elon Musk and Tesla. Oh, man. Yeah, and they have their <laughs> eagerly anticipated debut into the robot space with Optimus, another humanoid robot, which, by the way, just had a crazy video that both you and I watched showing a Optimus is wearing a cowboy hat and firing an automatic weapon at a bulletproof Cybertruck driven by another Tesla Optimus robot who gets out and says, I'm okay. I mean, honestly, what will Elon do next? I think only his parole officer knows. At this oh, point. My, oh, my gosh. So let's let's take this back to the workplace. It is TDW. You know we're going to talk about work sooner or later. And I think what's obvious to us is that these advances in AI-powered robotics are only gaining momentum, right? There's this natural progression of this increasingly digital life that we all experience in our workflows that we're accustomed to. But what's going to happen is that instead of just digital interfaces and screens, we're now going to start to have robot interactions in the workplace. Now, I want to be very clear we're not saying that humanoid robots are coming to your office anytime soon, but smaller task robots, probably likely. There's actually one that's being launched by a South Korean internet conglomerate called Naver, and this is a robot that looks like a modern garbage can on wheels, right? It delivers coffee. Again, anything related to coffee, you know I'm going to research it. Meals and packages, and it's explicitly designed not to look human so as not to be threatening. And it even knows how to find the least intrusive spot in the, in the elevator footprint, you know, to go to the place where nobody else is in the corner. So think about this as the transitional robot experience before we're going to see, you know, humanoid robots at the copy machine telling you, wait in line, Nate, it's not your turn. Right. <laughs> While robots in the office will create convenience and efficiency, the broader point is not everyone is excited about this. From Hollywood to Vegas to Washington, D.C., people are concerned. And they're concerned about robots doing more, 
and taking jobs, right? So mm-hmm. expect to see a proliferation of media on this. Um, there are already lawsuits hitting OpenAI and, and ChatGPT and that sort of thing. So that trend will continue. Yeah. Regulation and legislation, it's not going to be a lot of fun, but it's a very, very necessary part of what's to come. But, you know, in spite of folks who are vehemently against this, you know, Nate and I don't believe in fear mongering, right? So there are some very, very positive stories. And I want to tell you one of them that just impressed me and made me a lot more optimistic for our robot future. This is out of Tokyo, Japan. And there's this cafe, it's called the Dawn avatar cafe it's operated by a company called ori labs and essentially it's run entirely by robots so the hostess is a robot the waiters and and bus boys or bus girls are robots the barista is a robot but here's the kicker all of these robots are operated by workers who are differently abled or living with disability people who have limited ability who are sequestered to wheelchairs, people who can't get up and move around. And they now have these robot avatars that they're operating with iPads that are interacting with humans. So they're, they're basically getting to you know, operate in a, in, a, in a role that they would not otherwise be able to do because of their, the, the challenges that they face on a day-to-day basis. And, and I just think this is such an inspiring story, definitely a really, really positive use case for sure. That's so cool. And it just reminded me, didn't you say as part of your research, you found a use case for AI that's aiming to help paralyze people walk again? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. So I was watching actually a CNN documentary on AI and the future of humanity. It's a uh, Anderson Cooper produced show. And there is a Dutchman who has been paralyzed for 10 years due to a bicycle accident. And what they did is they took a neural implant and they put it in his brain and it's emitting a Wi-Fi signal to bypass his severed nerves in his spinal column and activate another device that's lower in his body that's actually got electrodes going into the muscles to stimulate them. So basically, when this machine is on, his brain can now talk to his legs and bypass his injury and he walks, Nate. He gets up, he's using, he's using a walker, but hasn't walked in 10 years, and he is walking with his own legs through his own brain communication facilitated by AI. And so this is not exoskeleton legs. No. He's using his legs. He's using his legs. It's unbelievable. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think this is really important to help people understand the bigger question that you know, everyone's asking, which is, you know, is AI plus robotics going to impact jobs? Yeah, absolutely. Some jobs will be lost, but it's also creating new jobs, whether it's at Dawn Avatar or innovation in the medical field or countless other applications that we haven't even thought of yet. Yeah. And it's doing cool things that was never possible before, like helping people walk. That's amazing. So it's taking jobs, it's creating jobs. How should organizations think about the evolution of robots in the workforce? Well, the trend of technology doing more of the mundane, the consistent, right? This is only going to continue. So that from here forward, that is going to continue. But the interesting caveat and disclaimer is as tech gets better, it will start doing more complex tasks and jobs. So expect mm-hmm. that to elevate over time. 
leaders in HR teams must start thinking about a human plus robot workforce. Think of it as tech as a teammate, tech as a co-pilot, right? This helps with the shortages. And there are a bunch of macro trends that are changing the face of talent, like sophisticated new technologies, which means there's a huge future skill upskill challenge in the workforce. We're talking billions of people needing to upskill, mm-hmm. changing values and perspectives about the workplace, generational change about the workplace. That's created a whole thing in and of itself, declining birth rates, an aging workforce, and a growing elderly population. With all of these factors and more, you can see how companies are going to have to get creative to solve the talent challenges. Yeah, those are a lot of great takeaways. Let's try to land the plane here for the audience. What are the key insights you think we need to leave folks with to kind of bring this all to an elegant close? Two things. If you heard nothing else, hear these two things. Generative AI is a game changer for accelerating robotics. Over the next six years, you're going to see an increasing number of robots, sophisticated human robots, enter the workplace and across industries. Second, our recommendations from last year stand. We must stay curious and monitor this trend. Notice where it intersects with your industry, your company, and your role. As always, your job is to use our future work mindset framework to stay ahead. And that means explore, expand, and evolve to meet this moment and protect your career. However, that's very work-related stuff. Alex, what is the human side, the heart-centered side of this? I mean, the big question is, how is this going to impact us as humans and in our society, right? How are we going to feel about a bold new future where robots work and walk among us on the streets, in our neighborhoods, restaurants, businesses, and homes? AI robots are rising, right? That's what we're telling you here. And we're going to be seeing them everywhere soon. So where they welcome coworkers, helpers, friends, and even pets... And where do they feel like intruders? And this is something that we must all consider together as individuals and as a society. Thank you for listening and joining us on this journey. In a world where attention is scarce and content is abundant, it means a lot. To learn more about this episode, go to disruptedwork.com where you can subscribe to our channels, find show notes and key details about our guests, the episode and connect with us. Our website also contains additional resources for learning, including our future of work mindset model and action plan. You know someone who would appreciate this episode? To help others thrive in the future of work, spread the word by rating and reviewing the podcast and sharing favorite episodes with the people you care about. Disrupt yourself and own your future. Disrupt.